I wonder if we have three people who are kind of bold today. I'd like uh, three people who are willing to step forward to the stage, and I'll lead you through a little exercise. Do we have a couple of hands? Do we have three individuals? We have one, two, three. Okay, great. These three individuals, if you step right up here, please, represent the three Unitarian Universalist churches of New Orleans, Louisiana. These three churches are located in a triangle with each other. You form a triangle. And before Hurricane Katrina, these three churches had their backs to each other. And they stood this way, and they would tell each other things about the other churches, you know. I mean, they would uh, point the finger, and they'd be kind of <laughs> gesturing, and don't go over there. We're the right people. Come, come see us, you know. I, yes, there was some talking back and forth like that. All of this happened. But there was no relationship established between these three churches. Until the time came that, and it shouldn't take a hurricane, but folks, it did. When these churches realized that they had sisters and brothers, and they turned around toward each other, and they began talking to each other, and there were nice conversations together about issues and everything, and the presidents of the board began to meet with the presidents of the bo other boards, and the treasurers met with the other treasurers, and they spent time together. They got into group hugs with each other. <laughs> An entire new spirit came over these three congregations because they saw that it was important that they change the attitude that they had had up to a certain point in time. Thank you so much for that. So we're talking about healing today. Healing, it takes work. There is a slope that runs from very good health to having significant health-related issues. This seesaw moves up and down through human life, up, down, up, down, like a teeter-totter having a great afternoon of exercise. First come the childhood ailments. Then the colds, flu, and sore throat, the visits to the eye doctor, dentist, knee doctor, oncologist, cardiac lab. You know this path, don't you? Or a path that's somewhat similar? Healing, it takes work. The very act of making it to the clinic takes work. Demands are made. We change our schedule, excuse ourselves from our daily tasks just to visit the doctor. So let me share a story about a motorist who had a flat tire in front of a mental hospital. He parked, he took the wheel off his car, put the bolts in his hubcap, and then knocked the hubcap over, spilling the bolts down the sewer drain. He peered into the drain, and he looked up and looked puzzled. A patient who looked through the fence shouted out to him, take one bolt from the other wheels and drive directly to a car dealership. 
The motorist thanked him profusely, secured all four of his wheels. And then he said, I don't know why you are in there. And the patient says, well, I'm in here for being crazy, not stupid. That patient knew his situation and knew it well. May we also know our situations when it comes to healing and the work it takes to heal. There are five areas of preventative healing we consider today. The first four, sleep, stress management, food and diet and exercise are personal steps and we look at them on a person by person basis with all the individuality this implies, because we're all different. The fifth step, family and friends, is a community step. And because when I have talked to the members of this congregation, many of you have told me that North Lake UU is a place of great friendship, we will explore that fifth step for its place in your hopes to build a beloved community, a community where people examine and live up to their highest values. But we need to step away from this for just a moment before looking at the personal areas. Some here know their current health status is been or has been or will be weighing them down. They may have been to the mountaintop, we hope so, certainly hope so. But current steps lead to another clinic, another hospital, another doctor. Mercy, mercy, mercy. May the spirit of life have mercy. May all that is help to ease their pain. May a spiritual softening shared from those they love embrace them, enfolding them in a loving spirit. Mercy, mercy, mercy. Ease the pain of their loved ones too, for they also need care and mercy. And for us, may we help to do what we can by asking and finding out and then following the best ways that these people suggest to offer them the assistance they need. Amen. Preventative healings, first area of concern is getting sufficient sleep. The Mayo Clinic encourages between seven to nine hours of sleep each night. Some of us, though, have problems finding enough time for sleep, falling asleep, or staying awake through the night. A few may get by with fewer hours of sleep. It takes work to notice your own sleep needs and adjust so those needs are met. How has that been working for you? Managing stress is another important area of preventative healing. 
People with insomnia often have higher degrees of stress. The pace of life contributes to stress too. But I think the recent move against justice, equity, climate protection, freedom, and much more has become a major source of stress for many. The American majority did not vote for this. As someone here said to me just the other day, our world is so messed up. And since you or I cannot alter our world by our wishes, do not be alarmed if you are stressed by recent events. But also realize there are others around you who are stressed as well. Stressed as well. And so, question here is, how has this very real news of lost justice, equity, and freedom been affecting you? The third area for preventative healing is paying attention to our food and diet. My aunt used to say to me, Jimmy, not too much sugar. Be careful with the sugar. When I was six, I paid little heed to her. Today, I see her wisdom. There's not only a risk of overdoing things like sugar or alcohol, nicotine, and narcotics. There are also problems with salt, starch, or fat, gluten, or carbohydrates can get to us too. It takes work to pay attention and to moderate, to go to that middle zone the Buddha talked about with the foods we consume. How are you about finding a way to do this? The fourth area of preventative healing is exercise. Great gains accrue to those who get on their bike, go on a hike, head out on a canoe or a kayak. You may prefer gardening or time in the mountains, but movement helps keep us limber. Old age is a deterrent, but there are benefits for those who can live fully and actively. It takes work to stick with an exercise program. I know this because I could do it much better than I do. How about you? Are you getting your exercise? Now, all of us who gather here have pluses or minuses on their seesaw of healing. The people seated around you may have many of the same problems you do or be even more weighed down than you are. Yet despite these ups and downs, a presumption of wellness runs through this church, a presumption that links its arms with a view that others will do things in the way that you, some of you at least, expect them to do them. These views have been shared with me. But I must tell you, this is not the only place where this happens. It takes work, you see, to participate in a liberal religious community. Oh, the gain of being in a community is huge. But being with others, living our lives in relationship with others works best if and only if people accept the more spiritual voice within them as they build their relationships, and that includes, yes, right here in this church. 
North Lake's Covenant of Right Relations outlines this approach. Its first section says, to be in right relationship with myself, I promise to accept myself as I am, realizing my limits and forgiving myself when I fall short. Respect and uphold my personal boundaries while challenging my comfort zone. Strive to model justice, truth, love, equity, and compassion in all my relationships. Support the congregation while respecting my other commitments, striving to find a balance that meets my own needs and those of the congregation, and have fun and share in the joy and camaraderie of our congregation. You might note the joyful conclusion of being self-aware and focused on justice, truth, love, equity, and compassion. It's there. But this congregation then turns away from what happens individually to what happens in relationship to one another. And I'm going to read this too because I think it's important for you in the congregation to be aware, fully aware of the agreement you have made with each other. To be in right relationship with other members, we promise to be welcoming, respectful, and supporters of the members of the church community by deeply listening with an open mind and loving heart, communicating openly and truthfully with respect, understanding, and caring, listening to other people and sharing my own stories so that I may know and be known, supporting each other, recognizing each of us as a teacher as well as a student in the learning process, knowing when and how to get help for self and others, expecting and accepting differences in each person's truth or point of view, holding the right to disagree while respecting the beliefs of others, being willing to work through conflicts and misunderstandings directly with the person or persons involved while assuring confidentiality among the parties involved. If needed, seek the support of the healthy congregation team or the board, keeping informed and informing others of happenings within the church community, giving of our time, talent, and financial resources, honoring the commitments we make, respecting each other's commitments, their time, and their need to set boundaries or say no. Thomas Akempis, a German priest from the 15th century, once said, love makes everything that is heavy light. Love makes everything that is heavy light. Unitarians, Universalists, and Unitarian Universalists also hold this view. Our faith relies heavily on love, turns often to love, hopes to find better situations of shared and reciprocal love, it answers the call of love. But when this love breaks down, it becomes the work of the church to forgive yourselves and each other and start all over again. 
when you or some other should fall short because this will happen no matter your effort. It will happen. But when that happens, you turn back. You forgive as forgiveness is necessary and rediscover the love that makes everything that is heavy light. And this does, of course, take work. It takes work to find and hold such a love. Soul searching is required. Listening to the heart within is there too. Truthfulness, integrity, trust, right-mindedness, and the golden rule apply through all of this. It takes work to divest yourself too of your own yearnings and see that everyone, everyone is doing their best to live into and up to the covenantal relationship you have crafted for yourselves and for each other. For this avenue that you will walk together. As a minister, I come to you from outside of this fold. And I offer to you a confession. I think you should all know this because it's not from me, it's from what I have heard from many of you. That's where this confession comes. From what I have heard, you tried to live within the guidelines of your covenant, but fell short in your attempt to do so. You tried, you worked hard at it, but the difficulties were too big to undo. And then, then stones were thrown in the water. Words were said that affected other people. And these ripples have not yet been fully checked. Sadly, not fully checked. There is a pain here held by more than a few of you. We know that. We know that many feel wounded, but these wounds arrive for several different reasons. And that's what is so puzzling and difficult a thing to undo. There are different reasons for the pain. Your representatives, the people you elected, tried their best. Others have tried their best too to serve you faithfully and fully. And they all wish it had gone better than it did. We cannot go back in time. That is for sure. Please do not expect that all that has happened will be undone. undone. When a liberal religious community finds itself in such a bind, its only recourse is to return once again to their covenant, to lift it up, start all over again, highlight and honor it, do it together, share it with your new members, let each of them know that this is and will be your covenant of togetherness, especially, especially when errors are made or difficult situations need to be addressed. If this can happen, you will someday look at each other and you will see each other.
being closer to the top point of that teeter-totter. You will find yourself becoming more of the best people you can be, people who want to share your beloved community with the world around you. And then I think, and I think you know this too, you will have even more joy. There will be even more camaraderie. Even more happiness will flow through this congregation. And one little boy gave this to me this morning, and it says, happy. Happy to be here. Yes, happy to be here. Healing. It takes work. It takes personal work, that is for sure. And it will take work for this liberal religious community. When the spirit of love walks hand in hand, heart to heart with right relations, the stage is set for building a beloved community. Your church's leaders have made plans to return to your congregation's covenant. But to do so, not just in terms of it being a document to file away, but as a vehicle for you to use as an intentional way of being with each other. And that will take work. Yes, it will. But this method of promoting preventative healing will take work. So now I ask you, are you ready for some preventative healing? Are you ready for this work? Can you do this together? What do you think? If you think you can, could you say amen? 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 Amen. 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 May the love in your hearts find the love in the hearts of those around you. Namaste.